Hi, friends. I'm Carrie Ann with Salty and Bright. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Deb Paycheck. And she's a personal trainer. She's a coach. She's a business owner. And she's in ministry. She lives with her family in Claremont, Oklahoma. And she attends Big Tree Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and leads an international online prayer team called Prayer for the Nations. Welcome, Deb. Thank you so much. I'm wonder I'm just I'm honored to be here. Excited. Bye. Excited to share. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time with me. And I am so grateful that you um, agree to share your story with us. I do believe stories are important because our testimony helps us overcome the enemy. Um, you know, we're, we overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I really appreciate you sharing your testimony, where you were before you met Christ, how you met Christ and your journey now that you are walking in the body of Christ and so I, again, thank you so very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I do believe our listeners will have, um, will be blessed by the things that you share. So Deb, can you just go ahead and share with us um, what your life was like before you met Christ? Yeah, so um, I met Christ when I was 16. Um, before then growing up, uh, growing up was, um not the best, but not the worst. Um, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Um, and my dad got full custody of me because my mom was bipolar schizophrenic and not able to take care of me. Um, and we went to church every once in a while. Um, but it was, I don't consider myself as being raised in a Christian home because, like I said, it was just every once in a while we went to church. We didn't pray together. We didn't read the Bible together, anything like that. Um, it was just something that we did every once in a while to go to church. Um, and so as I started getting older, um, I just kind of, I kind of saw um, Christianity as a religion and as something that was old and archaic and didn't really apply to me. Um, but as I got older, um, I was, I was always very much an academic student. I studied, um, I did really great in school, which kind of led me to having this personality of just searching for the truth. Um, and that was what really started my spiritual journey when I became a teenager was just searching for the truth, um, and when I was 15, 16, well, 16 is when I accepted Christ. But right before that, um, I started getting into New Age and Eastern philosophy and dabbling in a little bit of witchcraft, even though I didn't really know it was witchcraft. It was just um, stuff that was pulling me dark stuff was pulling me. And I had friends that were not the greatest uh, examples um, in the world. I had friends that were into drugs and disobeying their parents and things like that. I did not partake in the drugs or that stuff, but it was just kind of this dark culture that I was being pulled into. And um, I've always, I've always felt like even as a little kid, like, like a spiritual person, like I knew that there was, there was 
more to this world than what I saw with my eyes. I just didn't know what it was yet. And I was searching for that truth. And then when I was 16, I got reunited with my oldest half sister. Um, and I was kind of just, you know, sharing with her what I was studying, what I was looking at. And as far as spiritual things, and she just shared her testimony with me of how Christ changed her life and um, just, you know, explained to me, um, you know, there's only one absolute godly power in this world, and it is our creator. It is Yahweh. It's Jesus. It, he died on the cross for you. She shared the gospel with me. She shared um, her testimony with me of how she came to Christ and uh, God just gripped my heart out of nowhere. And, you know, just the uh, first time ever experiencing his presence. And I didn't know what it was. But then at the same time, I knew what it was. I knew that it was God and I knew that he was real. And um, that day, I remember like it was yesterday when she dropped me off at my house. Um, after we were driving around, she was talking to me. And I just like, I was holding back the tears before going in my house. And as soon as I went in my house, I went in my bedroom and I just hit my knees and just prayed out to God, Jesus, come into my life. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want from me yet, but I know that you're real and I want you to take over my life. And so from that point on, I was just on fire for the Lord totally on fire for the Lord. Um, and I, I made some different friends and kind of re-navigated where I was going with life. Um, and about, let's see, it was about three or four months later that I got water baptized. Um, it was actually on Thanksgiving <laughs> of all things. Um, and then, um, a few months after that, um, I was just praising, worshiping in my room. So, <clears throat> so family life at that time, still no church, uh, no faith, no talking about God, nothing like that. So I would just stay in my bedroom and listen to Christian music, praise and worship God, watch TBN because I didn't have anybody else to talk to about my faith or anybody that I could ask questions. I could ask my older sister, but at that time it was before cell phones and we still had long distance bills. So I couldn't talk to her on the phone all the time. Um, but yeah, I would just stay in my room and watch Christian TV and praise and worship. Um, and my aunt had actually given me a, an old Carmen CD, a worship CD for Christmas. And um, I turned it on and I, this one night and I was just heavy, heavy into worship and adoration of the Lord by myself. Um, and that was when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, received my prayer language and started praying in tongues. Um, and I knew what it was. Um, I had studied it with my sister, so I was familiar with it. Um, but it was just it was just one of the most awesome experiences of my life because I was not in a big church service. Um, you know, nobody laid hands and prayed for me. It was just me and God in this intimate moment. And I just got caught up in worship and it was so wonderful. Um, so uh, from then on, uh, when I was getting ready to go to college, I was 17. Um, I started feeling like I was being called into full-time ministry. 
And um, so I kind of started looking at schools to go to in that direction and just totally got um, knocked down from my family. They didn't want me to do it. They didn't understand it. Um, so because of peer pressure from my dad and my stepmom, I didn't pursue that school and that degree at that time. Um, but I went to a different state school, um, and God still, you know, worked through that. He's, he worked through all of this. Um, and I can say this before I get to the nitty gritty of my story. Um, I don't regret any choice or anything, uh, that happened in my story because it's all made me who I am today. And God has not wasted any bit of it. <clears throat> so I went to this, uh, other college. Um, I was wrapped up in a relationship that had started right when I became a Christian with somebody that I thought was a Christian, but was not a Christian. And, um, I'm going to speed things up a little bit cause it's really a long testimony, but, um, to make a long story short, I was in a relationship with a young man that I tried to change and I tried to save. And so many um, women get, uh, you know, they, they get caught in that snare um, of where they feel like they've got to go, you know, and, and save this man that they're with. Um, and then they end up getting knocked down. Um, themselves. And that was what uh, eventually happened to me. But I was, I was in this relationship with this guy and it was, it was not a good relationship, but I kept holding on because I felt like he's got such great potential and God's going to get a hold of him and we're going to have this ministry together, blah, blah, blah. Well, what ended up happening towards the end of my college career was um, he had actually he had turned towards God, but then he had turned away drastically. He, and he was on drugs. Um, he was helping deal cocaine. He was on marijuana. Um, I don't even know all the drugs that he was on, but I know those for sure. Right. Um, and he literally prayed out loud to give his life to Satan. Right. Um, literally prayed it like you would um, you know, pray to Jesus. He prayed it because he got so deceived and, and he got hurt by people that were involved in church. Um, and the devil just took it and twisted it in his mind. Mm -hmm. And, and I literally, um, it, you know, I saw things with him happen that were like what you would see in a horror movie, as far as somebody being possessed by the devil, because he prayed for that. And that is exactly what happened. And I saw demonic manifestations in him. Um, I saw him uh, speak in demonic language. I saw him write on a wall, de demonic language and signs, and he would go into these trances. And when he would come out of a trance, he would have no idea what happened. And I would show him, look what you wrote all over the wall. Mm -hmm. And he was just, he would just be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, but he, he just, he was so bound up by the devil. He just didn't realize everything that was going on, the ramifications of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, continuing on with the story, I kept trying to stay with him and fight for him. And all the while I'm getting pulled down um, and losing my, losing my sense of identity mm -hmm. um, and my significance and my calling of who, you know, I'm, I'm feeling led to be. Um, 
and I ended up uh, getting pregnant with my daughter um, when I was in college. And when that happened with him, I just gave up on life, just gave up on everything. Um, just felt like, okay, I've made my bed. I've got to stay in it. Um, you know, how in the world is God going to use me in ministry? How could he love me? You know, I'm just, I'm just stuck. So I just got to make the most of where I'm at. So I ended up separating with him for a little while. Um, and I, and I quit school, um, because I was just shamed and humiliated and just, you know, feeling like I just lost everything in my life. Um, my family kind of treated me as an outsider, um, and condemned me for, um, what I had done, what had happened. Um, and we, uh, we separated for a little while. Um, but then we ended up getting back together. I think it was about six months later, six or eight months later, right before I had my daughter. Um, and he, you know, said that he, he was doing better. He wasn't doing drugs and, um, that he was going back to church and stuff. And it was just enough good that it fooled me. And I got back with him and we got married. Um, but all that demonic stuff was still there because he hadn't gone through deliverance. He hadn't repented. He hadn't, um, fully given his life to God yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were married and it was just, um, we weren't married for very long. It was, let's see, about two years. Um, yeah, the total of the marriage was about two years, but during that time, um, he physically, mentally, sexually abused me, um, forced me to, um, have sex with other people that I didn't know men and women. Um, and, um, was verbally abusive to my little daughter. Um, and then I got pregnant with my son and he didn't want our son at all, mm -hmm. um, would not love him, would not take care of him. Um, and also, um, he wouldn't work. So I did the best that I could to hold the household together, working little jobs that I could work. Um, but, you know, God was still with me the whole time, even though all this bad was happening. Um, I was still a spirit filled Christian in the middle of this atmosphere. And today, and what I tell people today, when I talk about my testimony is I feel like I was a fly on the wall in Satan's world. Um, because I was, I was around all these drug addicts. I was around people that were really into witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I kind of saw the inner workings of, of how Satan manipulated people. And today now in the ministry that I do with women, um, you know, I can say I've been at ground zero and I know what manipulations are happening in your life. And this is how you get out of that. Yeah. Um, so, so I ended up leaving him, um, and it took, a, a lot of bravery and a lot of courage. Um, if you've ever been in that situation, or if you know of a woman that's in a situation of an abusive relationship, it is very difficult for her to leave no matter how bad the situation is, because number one, she's blinded by the devil. She can't see what's going on. Mm -hmm. She can't see her significance or her identity in Christ or how important she is. Um, so like 
you know, like I was, she's just going to give up and she's going to be too scared to leave. And even though it's a bad situation, it's going to feel like a comfort zone to her. Um, But all I can say is that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see the danger in where I was and that I, there was a good chance I was going to get killed Mm -hmm. if I didn't leave. And so um, try to speed this along a little bit more. Um, But I woke up one day early in the morning, scooped up my kids and left. And um, because there was just an urgency in the air that if I didn't leave, something really bad was going to happen to me. Yes. And um, so um, I left and we went through a divorce Um, And I was very angry, very, very angry, justifiably angry with him and the whole situation. I was living with my stepbrother um, and uh, just trying to, you know, get my feet on solid ground. Um, And one of the one of the first big things that God did when I left that situation And this is a really cool story. I was in my brother's house and I was in the process of rededicating my life to Christ. I was, it was in my mind. I began praying again. I was working on it. Yeah. And, um, so this one night I started praising and worshiping again. Um, just like I used to in my room when I was a teenager and, um, and I started praying in tongues, which I hadn't done in years And I had my eyes closed and I was praying real deeply. And the Holy Spirit said to me, don't stop praying. Don't open your eyes just yet. And I saw an image of the devil holding my heart and he was squeezing it. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit said, don't quit praying until you see the hands release. And so I was had my head down. I was praying in the spirit And I don't know, it was maybe 15, 20 minutes and I saw the hands release and I opened my eyes and I just felt like a totally different person. Whatever darkness had been over me, I was delivered from it. Um, And then uh, that morning, that was in the evening and the next morning I woke up and I felt better, but still, uh, still was disgruntled with myself and where I was at. I needed a job. I needed to get my life together. And I was extremely unhealthy and very overweight. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, which I had not been growing up. Um, I, I started exercising when I was in high school and I actually did some modeling. So it was uncharacteristic of me to be unhealthy and overweight, but that's where I was because I was in a horrible situation. Um, And so I, Anyway, I walked in my my bathroom where I was at and I closed the door behind me and this huge butterfly came out of the middle of nowhere from behind me. It was like this big wow, like a monarch and it flew around and it landed on the mirror right in front of me and it spread its wings and, but it wasn't a monarch on the outside. It looked like a brown moth, but underneath it had a layer of wings uh, that looked like a monarch they were just underneath and I looked at this butterfly and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I know that God brought that butterfly for me and said this is what I am doing in you this is the work I'm doing in you the outside might not look good right now 
but underneath I'm doing a work in you to make you beautiful on the inside. And then eventually the outside will match the inside. And so I took this butterfly, it walked right onto my hand and I walked it all the way downstairs and took it outside. And I actually have a butterfly tattoo on my back representing that. Um, but that was, that was one of the big, um, God moments that I had after I separated from that situation. Um, and, um, I'm going to fast forward through a whole bunch of stuff, but today, so, so God worked in my heart to forgive him. When I got back with God, God started working on me. You need to forgive him. And a good friend of mine that I still have to this day said, one of these days, you're going to invite him back to church and you're going to lead him back to God. And I was like, you are nuts. There's no way. <laughs> um, but that's actually what happened. Um, and over a course of about three or four years, I was able to forgive him and I didn't know how. And I, and I want to put this out as a message to anyone that knows they need to forgive somebody, but can't. All you have to do is just pray to God. God, I know that I need to forgive this person. Please work it in my heart because I don't know how to do it. And God will do it. If you're just willing, God will make it happen in your heart and he will work it through. Cause that's how, that's what happened for me. Cause I had no idea how I was going to forgive him for everything that had happened and that he had done. Um, but it happened one day it happened, um, just through just my own spiritual journey. God worked it out. Um, and now today, today, um, he, is living for Christ. Um, he has been delivered of all the darkness that was going on with him. Um, I was actually the one, me and my kids, um, years later, uh, we visited a pastor friend of mine and we all prayed for him and prayed for his deliverance. And he rededicated his life to God. Um, and he lives for God now, totally and completely. Um, we have a good relationship. Um, our kids have a good relationship with him and, and it's all because of the forgiveness that I let God work in my heart yes. um, for him. And um, so to continue in that vein, um, let me think where I want to go with that. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, but I feel like I'm supposed to expound on that testimony just a little bit. Um, he, um, he, uh, he walked my daughter down the aisle this fall when she got married, him, uh, him and my husband. Now, um, they walked her down the aisle together, um, wow. which is a huge testimony to God's healing mm -hmm. and, um, just everything that he did. Um, and so fast forward through my testimony to what I do now as a, as a faith-based gym owner, um, I mentioned that when I was in that relationship, I felt like I had no significance, no identity, um, and uh, that I just lost myself. And so when I left that relationship, rededicated my life to Christ, I also got back in the gym and it was 
number one, getting back with God. Number two, uh, getting back in the gym and getting strong and getting healthy again, that I discovered a strength that I had that I had no idea was there. And it was a strength that enabled me to raise and take care of my kids as a single parent, um, you know, with no extra help. And, um, and that's what, um, that's why I have my gym that I have today, um, empower fitness faith. And I train women and kids, um, out of that testimony of with God and with taking care of your body, you're stronger than you think you are. And you can handle anything that life throws at you when you take care of your whole self, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And so birthed out of everything that I went through is the ministry that I have now. And, um, you know, and I share this testimony with all the women that um, come and work out with me here. Um, and, and we've seen that um, uh, my husband that I, that I'm married to now, we've been married since um, 2017 and, um, And, uh, God has just brought all the junk that we've both went through in our lives. We were both single parents, single full-time parents, and God has just taken all of the junk in our lives and he's healed us together as a family Mm -hmm. and our kids. But then also we live out our testimonies and what we've overcome through our ministry and our gym. And we've seen, you know, countless families, not only women, but families, kids that um, have received so much healing and so much strength just by us walking out what God has done in our lives. Yes. Yes. And um, yeah. And so that is, um, you know, that is the main, um, arrival of my testimony now where I, I am with God. Um, and, um, I minister to women that have, uh, that are in situations like I was in that have come out of that. Um, I also minister to people that are in witchcraft coming out of witchcraft in the occult. Um, and just, you know, being a vessel for God to use to be his microphone and just speak his love and grace and, and who he really is to those people. All right. There were so many nuggets in your story that I got. I was listening very intently and I didn't want to interrupt you because I wanted you. There's even more. I I just barely touched the surface. (laughs) So we may have to do a part two and we'll have to talk again, but um, one of the one of the first nuggets you shared um, was the company you kept as a teenager. We have to we have to be very careful around our circle, who we have as our circle of influence. And if if we if we um, surround ourselves with the wise, then we will become wise. But a companion of fools, then you know they're headed to destruction. So it's it's. It's very important, you know, they say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are or show me your friends and I'll tell you your future, you know, who you surround yourself with and and who, who you have as your influence will generally dictate the direction of your life. 
So if you know that you are around people who do not have the best intentions, even for themselves, they're doing things that, you know, in your heart, these are not right things. The, the this, this particular behavior is not going to make my parents proud of me, or, you know, this particular behavior is not pleasing to God. For whatever the situation, as Deb did, she changed her friends. And we're able to do that. We're able to change our yeah. friends. Um, so that was the first nugget. You, you, you were able to change your friends from the negative influence of, of drugs and a little bit of witchcraft, because again, it is so subtle. Witchcraft can be so subtle. It, it, I think the most subtle form of witchcraft is manipulation and control. And people don't necessarily realize just how much that is. (laughs) And, and, and also, um, and also rebellion. And as teenagers, what, what do we mostly do, right? We mostly rebel against our parents. We don't, we know best. Our parents don't know anything. They haven't been on this earth as long as we were, so they don't know anything for some reason. That's yes. just how the <laughs> brain works. But yes, so, so yes, definitely, you know, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. So as a teenager, I can definitely understand. I can, I can relate. Nobody understood me. Nobody. <laughs> I yeah, just, that's how we all feel. Nobody understood me, but yeah. So, so you are able to change your friends, and and another nugget you gave was, God will meet you where you are. You don't have to be in a big arena. You don't have to be in a big church. You don't have to have somebody praying over you. That simple prayer of, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart, is enough for Him. Jesus says in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. So you don't have to be in some magical setting. And I don't really want to use the word magical, but you don't have to be in a setting or something like that to, to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit or to have an encounter with Jesus. There there are so many testimonies, so many testimonies of people who, just said hey god if you're real i just want to know you're real if you're real jesus show yourself to me or if you're real jesus um you know come into my heart if you're real i want to know you're real and he will show himself real and and so what before we even got to that i almost missed this point from you were little and you would visit church you always knew that there was something spiritual there was something there God puts this longing for him inside of each and every one of us. And we go through life. And when we do not know the Lord, there is a longing. There's something that we're trying to fill. Some people fill it with their career. Some people fill it with all different kinds of love from a whole bunch of different kinds of people because they're longing to fill that void that God has placed in our hearts so that we can come to him and he's the only one that can fill that void. So I'm happy to know that you realized it at an early stage and that you knew that 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 hole was for him or that void was his. And 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 I'm very happy that you had that encounter. You were filled with baptized in the Holy Spirit, all of that all by yourself. And, yeah. and the reason why 
it's it's good to hear that so that any of our viewers are thinking they have to go to a church to experience that or somebody has to lay hands on them for them to experience that the bible says that if we search for god with all of our hearts we will find him and so that's what you were doing when you were worshiping the bible also says that you know um he that that the Holy Spirit or or that God inhabits our praises. He inhabits the praises of His people. So while you were praising and worshiping the Holy Spirit, you invited Him in your space, and so then you were able to experience Him. So again, thank you so very much for sharing those tidbits, even in the parts where the dark the dark parts of the story, right? God was still there with you. It's hard okay. for to understand that God is there in the darkness or when it's really dark, like he left you. But Jesus said that he will never leave us or forsake us. So even in that, he was still yeah. there, you know, even in those dark days, or <laughs> in those dark times, even when we don't feel him there, if we call on him, he'll answer us. So yeah. if if you're finding yourself in a dark place right now and you're feeling as if God abandoned you or he left you know that you can call on him and he will hear your cry. I, it's, I, I'm happy that you were able to scoop your kids up and escape when you did all of that was put together. You know, I think of, of Joseph and Jesus and Mary and when he had the dream that he needed to leave Bethlehem and go to yeah. Egypt because Herod was killing all the babies and he needed to make sure that Jesus, Jesus was um, safe. So yeah. yeah, the Holy Spirit does give us nudges and he'll put that urgency there and we have to be obedient and we have to move. And when you have a relationship with God, you hear his voice and, and you're able yeah. to move when he says, he's like, God, is that you? You sure should move? No, it's, it's, it's let's, go. let's go. He will let you know. Yes. No matter. I mean, even if, if your heart belongs to God, you're going to be able to hear him when you need to be able to hear him. Even if, you know, at that time I was not actively seeking him. But when it was his appointed time, the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to you need to leave. And if I, you know, hadn't had obeyed that, you know, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I would be here yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, but just like he called me when I was 16, he called me then and I heard it loud and clear and I went, um, you know, and that's. uh one thing that is really a burden and a cry on my heart now when I minister to women that are in the midst of a situation like that. And, you know, and, and I can tell that, you know, God is trying to open a way for them to a better life. I just, man, I pray for them. And I'm just like, please listen to the Holy spirit. When God tells you to do something, you can trust him to do it. You can trust that if he opens a doorway and calls you to another path, he's going to carry you and he's going to provide for you. And just to, you know, don't, don't look at what's going on around you and let the what if questions consume you when you hear the Lord follow his voice. Yes. We need to be obedient to the voice of God. Yes.
And so I'm happy where you are now that you're able to use your story, even in the gym, as, as you lead families to fitness and to faith, you're able to share your testimony and encourage others who may be in that situation. Um, you mentioned that you even speak to, you, you share your faith with those um, in the occult and, and, and getting them out. Um, I do know of some folks that they have friends or they know people who are in the occult. And so it, what is the best advice you would have for them knowing that they have a loved one or a close friend that is in the occult and they're praying them out. What is, what advice could you share for somebody in that situation? I would say love them above everything else. Love them and remember that their sin is no worse than your sin. Um, and that Jesus died for them as much as he, for the same reason he died for you. Um, and that love will break down the barriers like nothing else. That love will do way more than uh, thumping a Bible in their face. Um, and love, I mean, it says in the word, love overcomes a multitude of sins. Yes. And that's one thing. And I've, and I've heard many testimonies of, of other people out in the world that I don't know personally, but other people that were in uh, satanic worship and have, and the reason they've got pulled out and changed was because of love, because a Christian showed them love that they have never, never experienced before, because a Christian didn't judge them, because a Christian had compassion on them and showed them grace. Um, so I would say love above all other things, love. Um, and then just, you know, when you're in your prayer closet, you, you go to boxing for that person. Yes, you yes. go to boxing for that person and you intercede for them. But when you're face to face with them, you love them and, and don't let bitterness or resentfulness or cynicism get a hold of your own heart. Yes. Love them and remember that the Lord is working on their heart mm -hmm. and you might not see the, the manifestation of that all the time, but just know that if you're praying for them, the Lord is working on them. You brought up another good point. You brought up the point of forgiveness. And, and we know that if we do not forgive others, that we ourselves won't be forgiven. Um, and I know you cut the story kind of short and you summed it up, but was there a point when you realized that you had forgiven your ex-husband? Yes. Yes, there was. There was just this change in my heart that happened. Um, I was, uh, and it's, it's crazy. Um, cause it's one of those things that I also can still remember real clearly. Um, but I was in my car and I was driving somewhere by myself. Um, and I was thinking about church, thinking about God and just everything going on in life at that moment. Um, and it just hit me when I started, I started thinking about my ex-husband just the, the hardness in my heart was not there. And, and I was, you know, I was kind of praying, praise and worshiping. And I'm just like, wow, it's not there. And again, it was just this gradual thing over time 
but I remember that one day in particular, the hardness was not there anymore. And it wasn't that, you know, I had had conversations with him or anything. Um, I hadn't, but I had given it to God and God superseded the human interaction and just worked the forgiveness out. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. That it it is easy to say, Oh, just forgive the person. Just forgive the person. (laughs) It's, it's, it's it's not not always easy. It's not always easy, but when we give it to God, he has a way of, you know, praying for the person, you know, when Jesus instructed us to pray for enemies, now I'm not saying he was your enemy, but for somebody that you can't forgive is almost like that person is your enemy because you're holding on to some hurt or you're holding on to some grievance. And the more you pray for the person, at first it would be like, God bless them. God bless them. But then after a while, God is working on your heart to the point where you can really go in and start interceding for the person to the yes. point of inviting them to church and bringing them to church and and seeing their whole life turn around. So it's it's definitely when you were in college, your thought you, you were thinking, yeah, I can I can change him. And, and women do that all the time. You're right. That's something that we do. Um, but fast forward in life and you see how you were able to invite him to church and watch his life change and be a part of him rededicating his life to Christ. So that's, that God saw you through that too. It's, it's pretty awesome. But, um, what is the name of your gym? Um, empower fitness faith, empower fitness faith. And where can we find this gym? In Claremore, Oklahoma. All right. So is there a website for you, Jim? Yes, it's empowerfitfaith.com. All right, empowerfitfaith.com. And so thank you, Deborah, for sharing your testimony with us. We um, will talk again. We will yes. have another segment. We'll probably break it up and we can go into in, in, to deeper talking about you know, any of the aspects that you shared with us today, but I really do appreciate your time with me and have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Thank you so very much. And may God bless you. And thanks friends. Thank you. God bless you.